Hey there. Why, hello. Welcome, everybody, to Two Brothers Talk About Food and Movies. This is, um, that's Anthony Arkin, my brother. This, uh, that's, uh, hey, look, it's Matthew Arkin. It's my brother over there. Yeah. Here we are in the same room, hanging out. Um, Before we start, just want to let you guys know, uh, we love to take comments and talk about, uh, talk back and forth with you as we do this. So feel free to join in on the chat, ask us questions about food, ask us questions about the movie we're talking about, ask us questions about other movies. We don't care. And we would love to hear about uh, who you are and where you're watching from. So uh, please join in. And uh, also email email us your favorite recipes. And uh, if you do, we will uh, cook them ourselves if we like the look of them and talk about them on the show, which is yes, incredibly exciting. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, it's been a rough week. I think you know. Um, yeah. I, I had some really bad news. We lost um, a very dear friend uh, of mine and of uh, my uh, my family's uh, uh, passed away a few days ago. And um, I know everybody's dealing with a lot of drama and chaos all over the world right now. Um, this brought it home in a big way. Um, so, been dealing with that trying to process that and um anyway i'd just like to to you know say uh robert reams if you're listening uh we love you and miss you and um also like to send love to karen and uh, rob's family and and everybody so not to start off on a very sad note really but just to kind of touch base on the reality of what's going on and and where we are where we all are um You know, I think it's uh, it's touches why we started this in the first place. I mean, this is a silly conversation in a lot of ways. We're joking, and it's but this all came out of a real need to connect with each other and and share stuff. And in this case, a lot of the stuff that we that we do and we work on is silly and fun. And hopefully, this is a a little bit of a restorative to people. But it certainly has been to to me. And um, yeah, that was the reason why uh, I wanted to do this tonight was because it's really it it's uh it's about connection and um and all that. So anyway, thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, that's what's been going on. Yeah, how how and are that, you? That's really what this started with, you know, because we were as the as the pandemic deepened, and you know, I live alone, um, and was not losing it, but but losing it. And you and I were connecting on these long conversations and we realized, oh, all we talk about is food and movies and movies. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping us sane and, you know, keeping us light. And yeah. And it was really it was really picking me up. And uh, so that's uh, that's why we're that's why we're doing this and why we're sharing this with everybody. And we hope you guys have as much fun with it as we do. I also want to mention, uh, so that just so that people watching know that we we don't have sponsors, so we're gonna. I may mention some things tonight, um, or when we're talking about food, we get, we're going to talk about magazines or websites or people, and we don't have any connection with anything. 
I don't know when you're the only, the only person I know really. So I don't, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. You know, we don't talk. Nobody else wants to talk to us. Yeah. Um, in fact, sometimes when we do talk about how much we love a recipe, we get a cease and desist from people saying, please stop talking about how much you love our food, because we know nobody has any respect for you guys. And we're a little worried that can backfire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so. Um, we did actually get some lovely comments here from some friends. Really? Um, That's nice. Just saying. Uh, oh, thank you. Coming in and. and uh, thank you, Monica. That's very sweet of you. And Sandra also. People. Thank uh, you, Sandra. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and. Um, so uh, today we're going to get around to talking about Against All Odds which we watched, which was the, uh, the movie for the week, but a little, uh, preview of the recipes. Tony's got a white chili that we're going to hear about, right? Chicken chili. Uh, yeah. You're going to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. And I've got, uh, some skillet beer bread that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk <laughs> oh, about right. breakfast, two different kinds of breakfast quesadilla breakfast weird things that i made yeah, you've been on a breakfast kick with stuff. and also uh, a recipe that i heard about on the show on npr the splendid table with the incredible host francis lamb talked about something a chicken braise that i that i made that was pretty oh, wow. exceptional so we're wow. gonna we're gonna get to talking about that um but again don't forget to um uh, jump in and uh, talk to us. Uh, tell us about where you're from, and uh, and what you like to cook and eat. Um, also, I, I wanted to talk about the the philosophy a little bit of how we're picking the movies. And I'm going <laughs> to pass it over to you. I'm going to pass it over to you, Tony. Uh, I'm thirsty. I need something to drink. Do you? Um, oh, uh, you, oh, let me see if I. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go get a beer or something. Um, oh, really? I think I have something here for you. You have something for me? What yeah. I mean, well, let me look around here. Um, oh, I got. Uh, I got something here. I got. I just got like a glass, but it's a special oh, glass. It's a special uh, glass. It is a special glass. Yeah. Oh, um, let me see it. Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, holy Moses! It it's magic. That glass yeah. is magic. I think it's beer. Check it out. It says it's beer. Well, uh, there you go. you're very okay. welcome. My life is so much better now. So thank you. Oh, the other thing, you know, I wanted to, to, to mention something about, um, just to go back to it for a second, you know, with Rob, um, that when I when I heard the, the news, um, I, I, the first thing I did was pick up the phone and call Bruce. Uh, yeah. And Bruce is kind of a, a similar friend to you. Yeah. He's, he's my Rob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And just felt like needing to connect. So yeah. to everybody watching, you know, I think that's, that's the message of this time is to find any way you can to connect with the people you love, because right yeah. now it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, don't don't put off that phone call or that text or whatever, you know, um, yeah. make the call. Um, 
it's always worth it. But let's talk about the philosophy of our of this show. Okay. It's serious. It's some very serious stuff. Yeah. Well, philosophy and how the movies are picked because it's, it's, we have a, a very serious system and a way of going about it, which yeah. Tony's going to explain to you. The system was uh uh what what could we watch that we had both knew first of all we wanted to see stuff that we knew about or maybe had seen but not in a long time right so we're at least revisiting stuff uh, that we didn't remember very well or hadn't seen in a while so that was part of the criteria for us um i kind of think initially we were thinking about like because we were two brothers like guy kind of typical guy movie things from when we were younger like going back to the late 80s uh when we were really like developing our taste in film and stuff and, or maybe early 80s actually let's let's be realistic about that um so like starting off covering stuff from the 80s and, and the 90s um and picking stuff i think i mean i i put a bunch of titles together that hit those criteria and that were also in my opinions movies that should be re-examined a little bit that maybe haven't really that have been under discussed and uh not that misery necessarily for instance which was our first movie was under discussed at the time it was a hit but it really hasn't it's not something that people really refer to a lot in right conversation anymore or talk about in film schools or stuff so it was kind of i, I kind of like going back and finding gems that are you know, maybe could use a little bit of love because we all know the movies that get all the love. I mean, some of them deserve it, but it's nice to hear. You know, it's like I like the Beatles, but uh, there's other like they get a lot of attention. And they're not the Dave and they're not the Dave Clark five. No, uh, that is that is true. You're safe. You're safe there. Yeah. Um, so it's just nice to hear from about movies that are slightly different. And then on top of that, I know, you know, like you're a big, um, uh, you know, into the detective mythology. Yeah. You know? And that crosses into noir, which I'm a huge fan of in movies. And so that area of kind of noir-ish stuff, uh, I think, is also mostly represented on the list. So that's yeah. kind of what we're, we're doing, too. But and we, the list also, I, just so people know, the list was curated. We, we curated it together which means that about 97% of it are movies that Tony picked and 3% are movies that I picked because Tony, I, I know a lot about movies. Tony knows a lot about movies. Well, you're setting me up because there's people out there who are terminators of, of movies. Right. If they, if they call in, we'll be, I'll be in big trouble, but I have, spent an inordinate amount of time watching movies yeah. that's i want to backtrack for one second to the dave clark five you know there an embarrassing moment in my life was listening to a song and talking about how much i love the old beatles and somebody saying to me this song is not the old beatles i'm like and you were like exactly <laughs> that's what i mean i hate this song i love the old beatles <laughs> And it was a, and this wasn't that long ago. I mean, I, I mean, I was a fully fledged adult person. You should have known a little bit better than to say that. In other words, yeah, 
And it was the Dave Clark Five. It wasn't the Beatles. Can you remember what song it was? Absolutely. Could you it, a few bars of that? Yeah. Give me one kiss and I'll be happy. I, I totally see why you'd think that song was the Beatles. Just, I, it, I think it, it is the Beatles, and I think they were they were wrong. Yeah. It, I mean, if you didn't know, because it was it was right at the same time as the the British experience, exactly like the Beatles. That's all. And the, all all the chord progressions and harmonies are Beatles harmonies and everything. So I just thought, oh, yeah. It's the yeah. Well, that I would have made the same mistake. Yeah. It sounds like it's off Meet the Beatles. The their their you know that album. I you sang it and I'm like I've always, I thought that was the Beatles. So there you go. You made me feel so much better. I didn't say I knew a lot about the Beatles though. I didn't say Okay, that. so um should we do it? Uh you want to jump into this? You want to do Yeah, that? well, you against all odds, we uh, uh, let me preface it Go by ahead. saying I was under a bit of a misconception about our movie list. <laughs> okay. Right. So I was actually fearful of coming to the show tonight and talking to you. <laughs> because I watched against all odds yesterday. Okay. And I think a lot of the time I had this expression on my face. <laughs> right and during the credits did you have did you need glasses or actually what? yes it was during the credits because the, okay i want to talk a little bit about how how i'm proceeding from here on out to talk about the movies tony's okay. got knowledge about movies I have, I'm sitting there with a, uh, my phone in my hand with an app on it so I can speak into my phone and it will just take notes and type them out. And I'm going to watch the movies and I'm just going to say random crap into my phone. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, I will have all, a notes on all of the stuff that I want to talk about. Right. And at the end, the, the only thing on the recording was the word why. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the very first note that I have is... And actually, I want to say there's a there's a sound that my younger brother Tony makes when when uh, you're talking about something that's just really bizarre and horrible or horrible or and and you'll tell Tony some story of like somebody did something terrible and he's like, well, obviously they did that. They're a jerk. So Tony's response is quite often he just goes, huh. So that was the feeling inside me. And when I took this note, Rachel Ward has top billing. <laughs> that is a bit of a... <laughs> and I, I'm watching the movie and it starts and it says Rachel Ward. And I went, huh. Yeah. It started off uh, like that for you and probably didn't much change. that was a highlight of the that was a highlight of the evening so for those people out there who don't know what the movie is let's frame it let's say let's give the stats yes okay we're talking about uh against all odds from 1984 um starring jeff bridges and rachel ward and uh um uh james woods um what you have to say is, is him like that. You have to be like, and James Woods. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, directed, Dorian Harewood? Directed, Dor well, yeah, there's a, there's a great cast here, which we'll get into, but like, here's the stars. Here's why it right. was made. These yeah. three people, uh, Taylor Hackford was a big successful filmmaker who was coming off of uh, Officer and a Gentleman uh, before this film. Um, I think he had just done Officer and Gentleman before. I heard that he actually had offered that to Jeff Bridges as well, but Jeff Bridges couldn't do that movie. A movie that I love, by the way. That's a good movie. And I would not know that these two movies were directed by the same director. Um, so that's the stats. It is a um, it is a, uh, a a silky smooth, very eighties styled, uh, romantic, uh, noirish thriller. I mean, I I guess it's a thriller. Well, aspiring to be yeah aspiring to be a, a noir thing and, and and so that's why we picked it and I, I remember also it was when i was when i was a kid and i think you're a little older than me so you but you remember like the early days of cable right where i remember when there was no cable okay but I, so you remember the early days of cable where yeah. you could you know you could like watch an r-rated movie all of a sudden in your in your home and you and like the folks your parents aren't around and you watch like this was one of those movies where you're like wow yeah i'm doing you know? the eyebrow thing yeah i mean it's a very it was a very sexy steamy movie yeah and it was known at the time for being uh you know a really hotsy steamy movie yeah now uh, it could be on it could be on you could show this on children's television it's like a mentos commercial but yeah. but then it was a big deal so it had this reputation you know as being an adult, an adult, you know, thriller kind of thing. Oh. <laughs> oh, commercial. I've seen the some fresh makeup. That's a European <laughs> company. They make crazy stuff. Yeah. But um, so that's the movie, it, it, and and I remember seeing you know pieces of it when you know when uh, mom and dad weren't around, when you can like watch a little bit of. You know, Cinemax illicitly. Uh, nobody Skinner. knew it was, it was called Skinemax back then. Yeah. yeah, for this very reason. So it's a very unhealthy, puerile thing that this is all kind of based on. This movie has just kind of got this teenage lust vibe around it, and I don't know why. Seeing it now, I really can't figure it out. But it was the way it was promoted. Yeah, because so the movie's got no heat at all. Uh, I, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, Rachel Ward is, I mean, but, but there's no chemistry between the two of them. Well, Rachel Ward is, is, is lovely. I don't think that Jeff Bridges has ever been better looking in a movie, which means he's one of the best looking people that's ever yeah, been. So you've got two of the best looking people yeah. ever. At, and... at the prime of their careers, like in terms of you know, young stars, they were just right. beautiful, you know? Um, and there's no, but here's the thing, there's no chemistry between them, but I think a lot of that is the script. Because I- there, lay a lot of blame there. I Here, I have some, uh, I have some dialogue that I oh, would please, like please. to read you. So they're they're down in Mexico, they, they've had uh, their affair, 
and now things are getting the money is running out and and in let's quickly just say jeff bridges has been sent to mexico by a shady friend to go retrieve the the ex-girlfriend who got away yeah so it's a classic kind of noir setup right and but he falls in love. he falls for her yeah, he's a sad sack football player who's injured and has nothing else to do so he goes down there looking for her right and it are the is the bad guy gonna catch up to us right and so she, they have an argument and she's running away they're they're at the mayan ruins because yeah. that's where lovers have arguments um and there's a little sort of subtext bad subtext thing of he's an injured football player and they're at the site of the the Mayan games that they played with the skulls of their enemies that's what they that, they don't really explain that they just just we you think I mean that's what he said yeah, yeah. Not so, here's so she's running away from him and, he, and she he grabs her and says Jesus I love you you've become everything I'm about don't you understand that and she says, she cries out, can't anyone love me without it being life or death to them? And he says, most people are afraid they're never going to be loved like that. <laughs> and then he walks away. <laughs> and she says, Terry, wait. I've lied and used people all my life because I thought everybody did. Everybody except my brother. And look where it got him. He, he committed suicide. Uh, it's just so hard for me to trust anyone. And he says, I'm not anyone. I'm not anyone. <laughs> I'm not anyone. And she says, I know. I know you're not. And I'm trying. I want to trust you. God, I love you. I love you. And here is the best response ever to a woman telling you she loves you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use it in the future. If a woman ever says to me, I love you again, I am going to say, come on, the park's closing. Let's go to the sweat house. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that, was, that was amazing. It's so they're not, they are not helped by the dialogue. I would like Come to go on, back. The park's closing. Let's go to the sweat house. Well, I think you got to, we all have to admit that the phrase come on has, is the most overused phrase in the, in the history of movies. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Come, come on. on. Come on. The thing's exploding. Um, come on. Uh, there's another quote. Actually, the quotes start earlier in the film because this is like the first line. This is on IMDb. This is the first interchange that you really hear. Yeah. We catch up in the very beginning of the movie. Jeff Bridges has just gotten down to 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 uh, Mexico. He's down there and he's asking people, have you seen this? He's got a picture of of uh, of the woman. <laughs> and he's asking everybody he can find. Have you seen this woman? Avistas, uh... He says a bunch of things. Yeah. Apparently in the beginning, I remember laughing at this. He goes up to one man who I is other, I think maybe a cab driver. Yeah. And and uh Jeff Bridges says, Senor, have you uh, seen this woman? And the taxi driver says, Oh no, sir. And he says, Gracias. So he's speaking. 
Spanish to the guy clearly after the guy's like, no, I also speak, I speak English and you were just speaking English, but now for some reason you decide to speak Spanish, okay. so which is, which is it going to be? Yeah. It starts early. Uh, the amazing things start pretty early. Um, I, you know, so did you have just a horrible time or did you, because I, I, I had a great time. I loved watching it. Okay. I, had a, I, was, I was laughing and awestruck through much okay. of it. We've only covered one thing on my list. Oh, I'm I'm sure. I want to hear more. I, I just I wanted to get the temperature read like oh, if yeah. you were like waiting to turn this off because I couldn't believe how entertaining it was. No, it, this it, movie puts the hack in Hackford. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Mr. Hackford, if you're listening. Um, we love you and your work. And officer and gentlemen is great. Hail, hail, rock and roll is amazing. You're, yeah. you're brilliant. But, uh, but this, but, this and movie, we've all had bad days. This movie had some rough spots. Um, and actually, if he's ever going to hire me, I actually love this movie and think it's sure. brilliant. This never happened. Movie. We never had this conversation. <laughs> um, I, I, okay, we you you want to go trade off amazing things, or do you want to just give sure me amazing things, or however you want. I, my list will my list is hanging here; it's ready to go whenever. I don't. I mean, I I have I have probably more. I like to I like to support the positive things about the movies that we're seeing. So I'm going to get to that. So I'm going to I'm going to go off on some things that made no like. I've never heard a dope talk more about football in my life. This guy was talking about passes that he missed and throws that he could have had and guys that are killing themselves on the field. Like he was like, he was a noble, like he was some kind of noble person. And he talked about it to the point where I was like, nobody likes foot. Even people that watch football don't want to talk about it like this. Just shut up. No. He goes to, he goes to the, these beautiful Mayan uh, ruins, these temples, I guess. I don't know. They, they're not, to they don't tell you what they are. So they go down to Cozumel, I think it might be. Yeah, it's Cozumel. And uh, she goes on a boat trip and he's following her and he kind of sneaks, finds her on this little island with all these beautiful ruins. I, I researched that. Nothing had ever been filmed there before. This was the first time the government down there had ever let any crew come and film at these very precious you know, pricelessly fa beautiful, famous ruins. Yeah. Uh, Toltec and Mayan, I, I guess it was Toltec ruins. I, I think I may have that wrong. Uh, however, I wouldn't know because they don't describe it. You Basically, only know about the Toltecs because of the preamble to to uh, to um, Battlestar Galactica. That's the only. That's the only. What way you know about the Toltecs? If, if that's I've been misinformed by about many many things. <laughs> uh, but this uh, this place is a it's a beautiful place. We're not told anything about it. They get there. He looks at it and he and he instantly assumes that it was a football stadium. Yeah, it may have been. I don't know. I, they don't tell you what it is. But he says, "Oh, it was a football stadium." And he looks at a hieroglyphic of 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 a. Of a, of a person from that time, like a carving on a stone of a yeah. Toltec man yeah. in, a, in, in, in a, I guess he's got a headdress on and he looks at him and he's like, oh, look, he's got shoulder pads, just like me, just like me. Yeah. You're like, this is, the, this is the extent of the history lesson. These people 
get to film in this amazing location for the first time in history. And it's basically just a place to talk about football and then to have sex. They go and have the worst sex scene that you've ever seen. In a, in a Mayan or a Tolkien. The sex scene in the room was better than that sex scene. Tommy Wiseau should have given them some pointers on this. But it, to me, that was that. I don't mind poking at that one because to me, I was like, really? You guys are just, you're you're having sex in like a, in in some, you're in another country. Like, you don't know what this temple is. It's, it's a little disrespectful, perhaps. Yeah, uh, the sweat house. There you go. Was that the sweat house? That's the sweat. Let's go to the sweat house. Is that's right when they go to the have sex? I thought that was a uh, like a lobster joint down on the beach. I didn't know that was. Yeah, I uh, want to uh, eat at a restaurant called the sweat house. I didn't know that it was. <laughs> they were going to use it as a sex crash pad. Let's go get some oysters at the sweat house. So yeah, incredible. It, it must be said beautiful locations beautifully shot very great like very poppy colors and everything looked beautiful but um disrespectful yeah. now i was quite amazed at how much he looks like his dad in this movie at times i i i think that it's safe to say that he is so much better looking than his dad ever was that his dad is is great, but Jeff Bridges. Yeah, but but I'm talking about there were t- the first shot, the first few minutes of it. I felt like I was I it was so clearly watching the son of the guy from Sea Hunt, which I grew up on. You grew up on. I that's a little before my time. So yeah, I've seen it, but I, you grew up watching him in a way I didn't. Yeah, really. and he, I mean, and he was gorgeous. His dad okay. when he was younger. Well, that's. I'm glad to know you feel that way. Well, I mean, I've. I'm told. I'm happy. happy. Things that they love in their life. That's great. Um. Okay. Another thing I want to talk about, though, and we don't have to talk about it for long, but I just want to say, you know, he goes down to Mexico. He's on the beach. Yeah. It's the '80s. Speedos. Who thought that was a good idea? Uh, you know, but as regards this movie or just in general? Just in Speedos. Oh. Like, I think that's a whole other show, Matthew. I mean, I don't know. How, we don't even have time. Uh, we don't have time to talk about Speedos. They're, they, I think they never really caught off here, though. Like, I think they were very big in Europe. They may still be. I don't know. But I think they were very much popular yeah. item in europe and uh tangerine speedo is actually one of my favorite songs is that your stripper name <laughs> tangerine speedo no tangerine speedo is a great song they used it in the soundtrack to uh the first charlie's angels movie i i, I wouldn't know if you were pulling my leg right now or not no, I'm, de- I'm dead serious it's a very okay. funny song it did uh it, did they ever cover any kid creole in the coconuts numbers no, uh, Tangerine Speedos is, is the song, not. Um, oh, not okay. Who, who did it? Because they uh, can't be better than Kid Creole and the Coconuts in in this film. Uh, it's it, the name of the band is Nile the Nile, not the Nylons. Um, Tangerine. So the, uh, I'm I'm going on the Google. Tangerine. <clears throat> 
Nobody is coming caviar. to your rescue. The name of the brand is Caviar. The band is called Caviar? Caviar. Okay. I, I, I was sleeping through this. I must have slept through this whole period in school. Yeah, no, it's uh it's a great song. Um so I have another question for you. He um her mom says she's down we know she's down in Mexico. She's drawing money from her trust fund. Why doesn't he go to the bank? and stake it out why does he wander the streets saying have you seen esta mujer uh i mean he's the i mean is it is a comment is it a commentary on how stupid well i assume because there was a ticking clock and she only went to she, she had to go to mexico city to get the money she couldn't just get it anywhere so i assume she went like every month or whatever to, to, to withdraw funds and he didn't want to wait to he he wanted to go make the money so he was like yeah i'll take your money and go on a vacation and look for her and maybe i'll meet get to her before she gets to the bank oh okay that's what i thought well but then how did he know she was in cozumel why I mean, was he wearing long pants through the whole movie in hot, hot, hot weather. Why? <laughs> uh, the next comment I have after, why doesn't he stake out the bank where she's drawing her funds? Apparently, at some point, I just said into my phone, this movie kind of sucks. Oh, that's no, that's just plain mean. <laughs> and then I said... I don't buy the attraction between the two of them. I don't understand why it happened. I mean, I get like, oh, she's an incredible physical specimen. He's an incredible physical specimen. But from a movie with a plot, I expect more than that as to why two people. Okay. I, I, I got you. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want me to, do you want me to, do you want, do you want me to have because I have there's a there's a way to frame this that might be a little bit yeah. yes I want what I, want I, what I what I think is I don't think the movie achieves this but I think the movie is not asking us to think that these are smart or good people but it's good. not it's because not but I mean but I mean not. like I think I think that <clears throat> There was a, I, I feel like maybe I'm wrong. I feel like studio interference happened a little yeah. bit. Officer and Gentleman is a much more gritty, it's a grittier movie than this. It's also a romance, but it's it's a little grittier than this movie, a little more realistic in terms of the act, the character's interaction, I think, yes. as I remember it. Um, and it it seems just like they were like no the studio this is what they want and it's a love thing and it's sex on the beach so just go go shoot the scene go do this i mean it it it, it felt like it could have been like that but i also wonder if we weren't really supposed to think that jeff bridges character is an idiot in a and a and a in a and a complete just 
waste of a guy. Right. And that she isn't actually also, uh, you know, kind of a, a morally bankrupt um, person somehow. Like, th these are all, like, <clears throat> noir, damaged and noir people who are no good. And I feel like that it could have it could have been so much better if they had let them be like kind of scuzzy people more like if they'd really let them inhabit that more. And I'm wondering if that wasn't something they were trying to do, but just didn't quite succeed with. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But it seems to me that in, in those scenarios, you have to either have a flawed character looking for redemption or a, a nihilistic character, right? But not just somebody who's kind of a, a doofus loser. Unless that is that they're trying to update because they are these LA, slick LA empty people. They're all very empty, you know? It's, it's LA money. It, you know, James Woods runs a nightclub, I guess, runs this nightclub. And he's a bookie. And, a bookie yeah. and it's all shady and they're all they're all corrupt. But I mean, in this in this kind of neo-noir way where, you know, they're just kind of drift. And right. they're, I, I, I just think the movie would have been much more interesting if if Jeff Bridges character had been more like a James Woods character. Right. The kind of well, character James Woods usually plays. And then I feel like the scuzzy, then that would have been really scuzzy. Yeah. And then I would have bought that this torrid love affair happened just because they were these, you know, really shallow people who went to do this. But, they, right. but they're trying to build him as a hero and there's yeah. nothing heroic about it. No, not at all. Uh, now, okay, something you mentioned, I'm going to raise the movie that you're going to yell at me for raising in in the same conversation with this because you talked about la and the nightclub and the and the underworld and then you bring the real estate stuff into it right in town that's the movie yeah and i felt like they were trying to make a kind of oh yeah i thought spin that on that and and i think it's fair to say not succeeding all right. Did you know that this movie is actually considered and is a kind of a remake of a, of a very famous film noir movie? I did not know that. Called Out of the Past. Okay. Starring uh, Kirk Douglas and... Um, and Who looks uh, a little like Lloyd Bridges. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's Robert Mitchum and Kirk Douglas. It's a very famous... Uh, noir movie that I, that I actually hadn't seen and I, and I we, we just watched it tonight because I wanted to kind of frame where they were going with against all odds um and it's there yeah it's a simple it's the same plot but essentially but um but that but so is a lot of noir movies or that plot so it's Are not Kirk Douglas and, and Robert Mitchum better in that movie yeah yeah <laughs> It's a better movie. It's it's a it's the real thing, you know. I mean, it's not my favorite noir movie, I guess, but it's 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 hard to beat Robert Mitchum. It really is. I mean, he uh, he's just like a, just a wall of 
of amazing man. Just a yeah. giant slab of amazing man meat. He's incredible. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't know. I thought it was interesting to see that the pedigree actually, they were trying to make, a no, they were trying to update noir. They were I got trying. to watch that movie now. I got to see that now. Yeah, I mean it's 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 got amazing stuff in it, and it's the it's you know 1947, and it's it's the real thing, it's trench coats and hats and all of it. Oh, awesome! Um, and um, you know, I'm also I have to say I'm a big fan of neo noir, like how they've how they were updating noir in the in the 80s in particular. Mm -hmm. like they were doing it in the 70s also. They've all been always been kind of reworking noir um and uh i like the 80s style i just think it's kind of interesting and there's a lot of them and it started i think kind of you can say it kind of started with body heat like in 1981 mm -hmm. hollywood's new fascination with with retooling old noir things uh but not in an ironic way the way they did it in the 70s like right. in an, like really dedicated to it so Movies like Cutter's Way and and Body Heat and Dead Men um, Don't Wear Plaid. Yeah, sure. <laughs> With Rachel Ward. Yeah. Um, uh, this is this is part of kind of an interesting little lineage of neo noir in the eighties from Hollywood. There are many more, I think, better examples of it. But uh, the, okay, great car chase. Good good car chase in there. Right. Oh, oh my God. I um. Oh, somebody has a question. Who was the female? Who was the female? Was uh, uh, Jane uh, Jane Greer was the was the female lead in Out of the Past, and she was great. Isn't really Jane great. Greer the mom in who's? Yes, Jane Greer Jane is Greer the mom, mom in Against All Odds. I oh okay, but that car chase. I drive that section of Sunset Boulevard all the time. Yeah. Well, I saw this movie when it came out, 1984. So it's 36 years later. I cannot Could drop... Could have shot yesterday. What? Could have shot yesterday. It shot yesterday. I, I think of that car chase. I mean, it's a phenomenal car chase, and I think of it every single time I drive that stretch of Sunset Boulevard. I can't drive that Sunset that stretch without thinking of this movie. Yeah, it's a very in, it's really in my mind, but see what happened because of that is that in my mind this became a, a really good movie. Because <laughs> that's all I all I yeah. remember of this movie is that car chase mm -hmm. and the last shot and the song while during that last shot. Right. And that song is so good. And and she's so beautiful, and that shot lingers on her for so long that the the it's almost as if the previous two hours of your life that you wanted back, yeah, it wiped out, and you walk out thinking, "Wow, that was really good," because the song and looking at her. Yeah, for those who don't know, the song is of course "Against All Odds" by Phil Collins. Yeah, which is a great song. It's uh, iconic, and it was attached to this movie. 
just they just threw it on the end though i love that i you think it's going to be throughout the whole movie and it's not larry yeah. carlton i think did a lot of it and most of it is just like really screechy big guitar yeah stuff. There, there are slight little thematic homages to the song yeah. that's going to come at the end but yeah. li little ones um can, since we're talking about music a little bit, can we play a clip from the movie? Have it. That has one of my favorite moments in the whole movie. Please do. And I apologize for uh, the sound. In the future, we're going to have better technology for ripping the clip. So the sound isn't spectacular in this clip. But the visual uh, will will give you the idea. Um, at this moment, um, Jeff Bridges has gone to the nightclub uh, where that his friend and antagonist James Woods, who we'll talk about more later. Oh yeah, uh, and we will talk about him. But he's sitting in the audience while Kid Creole. And the coconuts is playing on stage at the nightclub. And I just want you to watch this quick little clip. Here we go. <laughs> okay, my favorite, thing, my favorite thing is Jeff Bridges seriously watching this. Like, Tell this me though that they, they didn't know when they were editing because they cut to him and he's like, <laughs> the look on his face is like, what am I watching? <laughs> uh, I mean, let's face it, Kid Creole, super talented, could dance like crazy really gifted entertainer i don't know what this was doing in this movie i, no. I it, it is literally like i i i it was like frankie goes to hollywood could it would have been equally like of course why not it, it didn't make any sense at yeah. all i love kid creole i love the song i love what they're no the it, it's just like why what why is this happening right now and that's what the look on jeff bridge's face yeah. says. it's like why are we interrupting this movie yeah. for a music video. This yeah, when it's the wrong vibe to set up for like his like James Woods creepy coke den, you know, place. Um <laughs> yeah, it's um, really it's really something. Uh am I am I wrong? They never really talk about how Jeff Bridges and James Woods know each other, do they? No. Okay. Um, no, you get the feeling that they go back to high school or something, but they don't go into it, that, right. they, that they were friends before <clears throat> the, the, the point shaving scheme happened. Yeah. <clears throat> um, can we talk about there, there, there is one, I think, spectacular performance in this movie. 
Swoozy Kurtz. Spectacular. And, and such a breath of fresh air and life in the middle of this movie. But I do have one, one plot question about Swoozy Kurtz. The first time we see her, she, she, she's the secretary at the legal office where, where Jeff Bridges goes to talk to his lawyer after he's been cut from the team. And she tells him several times that she's a big fan of his, you know, just thinks he's awesome. And as he's leaving the office, she tries to make a date with him. And she says, I'll, I'll be at the ginger man after work. And he says, oh, okay, great. Right. As if he's going to go meet her there. So that we, that's the last time we see her for a while. He right. goes to Mexico. Yeah. <clears throat> weeks and weeks go by. Yeah. He comes back to L.A. And then later on in the movie, he's in a little trouble and he needs some help and he needs to get into that legal office. Mm -hmm. And he goes to the ginger man and she's waiting for him at the bar drunk. So here's my question. Has she been there for five weeks waiting for that's, him to show that's up? exactly what I thought had happened. Yeah, I, I, that's what I felt they were trying to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and she's and like, she, oh, she, look, she, you're she, finally here. She wasn't even like, what took you so long? She was just happy he showed up. Five wouldn't matter. It was five weeks later. <laughs> Very funny. I miss I miss Woozy Kurtz. She used to be in a lot of movies, and I I I, I haven't seen her in a while um, in stuff. But um, it was nice to see her again. She's spectacular. Uh, I, I I met her several times, and she's yeah. she's as lovely as you would want her to be. I, I just I'm a big fan of hers. She's great. Yeah. She, there's a lot of really great character actors in this. I think she's the standout for me, but I'm always, always into Dorian Harewood. Yeah. Uh, Dorian Harewood, I mean, from Full Metal Jacket, uh, you know, he's so, that performance is so iconic and that was such a huge movie for me. And, and that character was such a big part of that movie. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a person I, I, always feel was underserved as an actor. Like, I, I don't understand why he didn't star in a lot more movies than he did. He's he's still working, he's had a great career, but I just I just love that guy. Always love seeing him. Always love seeing Saul Rubinek. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out. You know who's, to me, like, really deserves a big shout out? Who's that? Saul Rubinek's stunt work in this movie. He gets thrown into a drum kit, and that's and actually him. him. They throw him in a wide shot across the whole the whole set and into a into a real drum set, and he really did it. Yeah, that was him. Yeah. That was pretty impressive. Not a stunt that I necessarily would have done. So good for him. Good for him. That was impressive. I, yeah. I love him. He's really great. Solid bit, right? Yeah. Like, remember him in The Unforgiven? Yep. It's great in that. No, he does some nice work in this. And then Richard Widmark is always great to see. I mean, come on. <clears throat> well, you know, the guy who pushed the grandma down the stairs. So, you know. Right. You know, another throwback to the noir, because Richard Widmark was a noir, like a famous noir actor from that from the 50s. And yeah, just great. <clears throat> I remember seeing him. Uh, uh, I was staying in a hotel in Santa, in Santa Barbara. And I remember going to have brunch and feeling very fancy because I was having brunch in Santa Barbara, which is like, you know, fancier than a normal brunch. 
Yeah. I was feeling very special because right? Richard Widmark was there having brunch as well, having like a mimosa, the whole thing. It was a beautiful Santa Barbara morning and he did paid me no mind. He didn't want to have anything to do with me, but, uh, uh, it was a little Holly, little moment of Hollywood history. And I think he was eating pancakes. He's very famous for loving pancakes. I think he was actually eating them there. Well, he gets some dialogue in this movie that I that I have here. You have a favorite line of dialogue from Mr. Widmark? Where he says to James Woods, that idiot football player you were going to get has got me by the ball. Yes. Yes. Some fine work there. I, I, I gotta say, this says here on IMDb that the writers were Eric Hughes and Daniel Mainwaring. And I'm going to say that they're, I'm going to guess there were nine other ghost writers on this film. Yeah. I think like nine or 10. Yeah. Um, one other dialogue thing um, is a moment that I truly don't understand where he comes over to her house after coming back from Mexico. She's gone back to the bad boyfriend, James Woods, and he comes over to her house and he says, but what about all the things you and I shared? What about Sully? You remember him, that guy we killed down there in the jungle? <laughs> He's got me one way or the other, doesn't he? <clears throat> doesn't he? He slams her against the wall. She screams in frustration. And then out of nowhere, he says to her, it has no, it, there's nothing that prompts this. He says to her, yeah, go ahead. You rip the shirt off. Come on, rip the shirt off. Rip the fucking shirt off. That was weird. She. Do, it's not like she starts to rip it no. off, and then he says, go ahead. It's no, just, it's like it never occurred to her. She's like, why? Like she's asking her to rip his shirt off. Looking at her, at, a, at him like, that's a nice shirt. Yeah. Why, would I, why would I rip that shirt? So he says, rip the shirt off, and she starts crying. And then he says, what am I going to do? do jess and she says i'm so sorry i'm so sorry he says oh i love you she says help me help me he says what are we going to do <laughs> i didn't write down quotes um because uh i it's was a waste of paper? Talk, but, but there there's one here which I noted when I saw the when I saw the movie that's in IMDb, and they say this is a great quote. Uh, uh, James Wood says to Jeff Bridges, "What the hell made you think you could handle Jesse, who's the girl, who's the woman in the movie?" Because right. I bet you used to bring her home flowers. And Jeff Bridges' character says, "No, you don't have to do that when you're living in the jungle. You just take her outside and show her what tree you're going to do it under tonight." Hell, we had lots of trees. Yeah. It's like a oh my god. I, I they're trying they were striving for that arch noir kind of dialogue and the cutting stuff and, and it's not it's it's then, okay, now here's a moment I want to ask you about. They're all in the car, right? 
James yeah, that was so awkward. That was like, we're, we're going to go do it. And then, like, Richard Winterberg's driving in his Volvo. Driving the car. That asshole sitting next to you, right? He says that thing about James Woods being <laughs> that asshole sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. And, and then James Woods is like, I don't have to take this crap from you. And Dorian Harewood, sitting in the front seat next to James Woods, pulls out a gun and points it into the back seat at James Woods. And James Woods pulls out his own gun, and they're pointing their guns at each other like, here's a standoff. And then they cut. Yeah. And then they, the next thing is the car arriving where they're going. And so there's no dark mountain at night where you don't see anything. And then they proceed to have the, another standoff that makes zero sense. Yeah. I don't know what happened. That's where I, that's where I got confused a little bit as to where, because it felt like the movie was in control for most of it. Like not maybe a great script, maybe some problems with it, but like in control. And then it got to the end. And that that just the, the four or five of them standing on that mountain staring at each other, just like trying to have a standoff was so it, it, it became like an episode of Simon and Simon or like it reminded me of an episode of, of like Magnum yeah. P.I. in like the fifth season or something. You know, it was like a t- it was like a TV episode. They ran out of money or steam or something. Yeah. Well, and the security guards in the legal office with Susie Kurtz, like a robot, they're like robot Man. Well, also, like, they're not, she says, she says, you're not the real security guard. So they, they're guys who work for James oh. Woods. Yeah, but James where Woods. do they get security guard uniforms and get into the law? How do they get into the law offices? And, and you're telling me James Woods is so powerful that he has, like, a battalion of secret police officers that have German shepherds working for him? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Well, what is your what is your favorite thing in the movie? Because uh, I have a clear favorite thing that is in this movie, and it's so good. Uh, there is a moment that Alex Karras has that um, reminds me of every time I have been watching my students in an acting class and I know that they don't have a clue what they're doing. Okay, they're floundering a little bit with the scene, not quite able to get there. Or the, no, here, well, I'll just play the clip. That'll do. Uh, So here's this moment with Alex Karras and just think of there's we talk a lot about the physicality of a character and the physical life of a character and our physical life on stage or on the set and just here we go they screwed my shoulder and they cut me shit that's it no word they promised me they were going to keep you it's behind my back yeah I figured you know, the first thing you shot through my head was they're going to tear me out. The fuck, I'm going to play football. Well, not this year, not with that shoulder. Okay, so that's an actor saying, I don't know what to do with my hand. Right? 
And you remember when you were a, a, a brand new actor and you hadn't worked before and you, you can, you see actors who don't, who you can see an actor in a scene suddenly going, Oh, I, I, sh I should be doing something with my, what is my hand yeah. doing? There's another, there's another he, tell. Oh, I lean it on the car. No, yeah. I lean it here. You know, there's another tell because he also he does that, but then he also plays the whole scene with his face turned away from the camera, which is always when an actor is, doesn't can't isn't really there. They always kind of like do this. They're like, "Oh, what's over here?" <laughs> they can't, they can't yeah. face it. Pretty great stuff. Um, but you know, he was also a, he was a real football player, wasn't he? He wasn't even supposed to be an actor. He was a real football player, and he also, I think. And uh, he, he he turned in what I thought was a, a spectacular performance in another movie that's a, a favorite of mine is Victor Victoria, where he plays James Garner's bodyguard. Okay, I I haven't seen that in a year in so long. But... He delivers such a lovely performance, and somebody just spoke to him and you know calmed him down and said right. just stand there and and you're you're going to be great in this and when he's just standing and talking and doesn't have to like do any heavy lifting he's actually really watchable and yeah. even in this yeah but then it gets complicated and he has to like put his hand somewhere <laughs> which is rough you know, it's hard you don't know that's hard that's a bad day on the set when the director says put your hand somewhere yeah um I do uh, I do want to just give a shout out to the technical side of the movie. I thought they did some very nice camera work and this was operated. The operator on this was uh, Rob Hahn. Do you remember Rob? Yeah. Yeah. Rob Hahn, who was the operator on Steel Big, Steel Little, which dad did also yeah. in Santa Barbara, Northern California. Uh, Rob is a, is a one of the great operators and also now a, a, a DP and has been his own cinematographer for a while too. But I noticed his name in the credits and was like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a nice looking movie. They did a great job with how it looks, you know? Yeah. And that kind of like in that period where, you know, Miami vice had just started and Michael Mann movies were starting and that kind of like slick, you know, kind of steely uh, uh, look to things had, had really kind of been perfected. Um, so Rob Hahn, nice job there. Very nice job. My favorite thing in the movie, you didn't ask me what it was. And I'm a little disappointed. What is your favorite thing in the movie? Just a little disappointed. So in the future, let's just like remember, hey, Tony, okay. what's your favorite you thing? You asked me my, if, so, so I should mirror psychologists. Oh, call maybe. It mirroring. Yeah, psychologists oh. call it mirroring. So I should mirror better. Best thing in the movie has got to be james woods safe in his office he has the most amazing security system for his safe i've ever seen in my life you remember that yep swizzy kurtz opens his safe tuning a radio and has to tune a radio on an, like the fm dial to several stations which then unlocks the safe it was the it was like no it unlocks a door that reveals the safe and okay. then she has to unlock yeah. it yeah it's a whole yeah but i mean just that whole like thunderbird it was like a thunderbirds yeah set, like out of nowhere like just... what movie are we what is this doctor no now what yeah it was that was amazing 
And you know what I think is also kind of amazing and, and says a lot is that we've been talking about this movie for an hour and we have not talked about James Woods or his performance. Who we both have met and you actually used to know a bit. Uh, uh, well, we're, 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 we're cinema brothers because he played dad's son in, right. in, uh, Joshua then and now Joshua then and now. Um, and that's when I got to know him and then, um, well, we hung out on that set together. Yeah. Uh, so we both met him at that time, but I wasn't yeah. a drinking age. So there was limited. You, you, as a young person could only spend so much time with James Woods because drinking was probably involved. Yeah, and when I was in law school, there was hanging, you know, I, it wasn't like like James and I were go going out together, oh, but there was, there was a particular bar that, that, uh, that a lot of people hung out at that I would see him at from time to time and we'd end up, you know, at the same table having drinks and he All was, right. you know. Um, it's nice to you. He was a nice fellow, and now, um, well, I don't know what to say. I've, I've, I've only, I haven't seen him since I was maybe twelve or thirteen years old. I didn't talk politics with him then, uh, but I and have. You're not going to talk, talk politics with him now. Well, I've, I've only heard not. I don't know anything about the man. I've just heard he leans a little bit farther to the right than, um, than I do. Uh, that's all I can say. Really you can say. Now. Yeah, really don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, who who was better? Who was better at playing like slime balls in 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 the, in the eighties than him? He was great at that. Some things come naturally to people. He was good at it. Yeah, that may still be. I haven't seen him in a while, but yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> so, um. I don't have anything else to say about that movie. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really either. Uh, I don't really either. I mean, we were pretty tough on it. I, I think it really, you know, but I honestly like anybody that lived in the 80s and then anybody who didn't could really get something out of this movie. It is such a time capsule. It, it, I mean, it's really one of those. It, it, this movie could be a great drinking game movie. Yes. Like, it really could be. It really yeah. would be a good drinking game movie. Like you come up with something about it. Its style is so of its time. Um, it, it has a weird vibe about it. I, I don't know. It's a really fun watch. It really yeah. is. No, Jeff, I had a ball watching it. Jeff Bridges is. I mean, has he ever been bad? Like he's he can't really be bad. He's 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 he doesn't seem no. to like. He's be, not, not a bad part. Person. It's not a part that's like his kind of part in a lot of ways, but he was good, you know? Yeah, but he's gotten so much better. What the fuck kind of football team was that? It looked like their, it looked like they, their locker was at the YMCA. Like it, it was, And it also looked like there were eight guys on the team. They were cutting some corners. I guess they just had to fly the crew to Cozumel and save money on that. Yeah. Um. Should we talk about a little bit of food? Well, uh, you're uh, once again you're you're gonna shame me a little bit i did not um uh, i don't i don't have as fancy a thing to show but i'm happy you, to you talk had a lot of it. stuff going on this week and i want that i'm gonna make that recipe that your your stuff looks awesome what do you want to start with 
mine or yours? Let's just do mine. Mine's quick. It, it, it's it's a, a recipe I found online quickly. It's a, uh, a a white chili, which doesn't sound very exciting, and it arguably isn't. Uh, but it, it's a white chili in the way that there's like you know white clam sauce or what you know. There you go. Um, it's kind of sweet. There's a lot of corn in it. It's almost like a like a like a corn chowder in a way, but it's got a little uh, a little punch to it because there's some uh, some fresh hot pepper in it and um, and uh, it's and it's uh, real real tasty, man. That looks pretty great. And, and we the, are going to put the. Uh, it, it's not in there now, but uh, Tony has sent me the the link to the recipe. So we're going to pop that into the um, into the description for this video. If you uh, and if you oh no, actually we're not going to pop it into the link for the, the description of this video. If you sign up, yeah, you got to do fancy stuff to you sign up for my newsletter. And when you sign up for my newsletter, and the sign up for the newsletter is already in the description for the video, you sign up for the newsletter, and I send you a link to a secret page that has all of the recipes from this show. Um, and I also that want to remind people that if you um, if you send us recipes, we may uh, cook them and talk about them in the uh, in the show. Well, not, I'm not going to cook them during the show. That I'm not, not during the show, but we'll we'll cook them, but then talk about talk them. About cooking. I'll tell you what it was like to cook it, but I'm not going to let you see that. Yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out to this salad, which is behind the. That show. looks spectacular. It's really good. Amelia uh, makes. She's a salad genius, and uh, and this is uh, she's gotten into using quinoa in salad, which is I didn't think I was going to like. I love it. It's really good mixed in. So, get a little extra protein. It's nice. Sandra Smith, Sandra Smith says the chili looks good. Sandra, it was. Uh, it was. It's. I was pleased. You know, simple, um, good. But you did something. You you did fancier stuff than that. I went crazy this week. Um, I well, I talked about that. Uh, you know, I love this show uh, on NPR called The Splendid Table, which used to be. Uh, hosted by a woman named Lynn Rosetto Casper. And I actually had the opportunity to be a guest on the show years ago, uh, which was an amazing experience because I was I was such a fan of the show and of Lynn Rosetto Casper that I was flabbergasted that I got to be on the show. And then she retired and a fellow named Francis Lamb, who's equally wonderful, um, uh, took over the hosting the show. And if you don't listen to it, you really should. It's a great hour long show on NPR and they have a podcast <laughs> about uh, all things to do with food and they talk to food people. And there was a, a whole episode on chili peppers on, on peppers. So mild, hot. Um, and Francis Lamb talked about this recipe, which is a braised chicken thighs where basically you, um, it's basically just uh, red pepper and onion and garlic and just more of red, just plain old red pepper than you could ever think you would need in, in one recipe. So, um, cause it boil, it boils down. It, it like, just, yeah, it just reduces and reduces. Yeah. So you start off with, um, 
a bunch of onion and saute it down. You can see that in the middle picture on top, a bunch of onion and garlic sauteing down. Well, first you brown the chicken thighs, then take them out and then brown, uh, saute the, uh, sweat those onion and garlic down for a long time and then add the red peppers. And it just turns into this mush. And then you tuck the uh, chicken thighs into it and throw it in the oven and braise it for about 45 minutes. And it just comes out. That looks amazing. Spectacular. So that yeah, was a lot of work. It, it didn't actually take that long. It's just slicing a lot of red peppers. Um, but then I also, um, I made some very, I, I, ver variation on our thing of last week with the Frico, yeah. uh, idea. Oh, yeah. That. yeah. Well, not perfecting it, but I what I did was I made some breakfast quesadillas with what I would do is I would take two corn tortillas and heat them up. And then I would take one corn tortilla and put a lot of cheddar cheese on it and put another corn tortilla on top in the in in the great pan that you got me, the cast iron and let that cheese melt. And as it came out of the two corn tortillas, it did like a little bit of frico around the edges Sure it did. Then yeah. I would take that out and put it on a plate, and then I would quickly fry up two eggs and put those on top of it with some green salsa and... Uh, there you go. Ah, see. Well, okay. You, you're, you're, you have created what is essentially my, my ideal breakfast. This is... And I'm not kidding... Do you remember, uh, were you, were you hanging out in LA when the, when Melrose, there was a, uh, a, like a Nouvelle Mexican place right next to the LA Iwerks. Adam used to go there all the time. God, what was it called? Anyway, it was my favorite place for forever. I don't think I did go there. And they did this. They had this breakfast. And it was the first time that I had like that kind of green sauce and, and the whole thing. Sour green sauce, sour oh. cream. You, fried. This is, yeah. This is a memory for me. Like this is this is a big deal. I can't believe I forgot the name of that restaurant. It's been, it's been gone for so long. Okay. Well, if you like that kind of breakfast and you have got the pan. Oh, I have no excuses. Then what you have to do is also make this um, here is a skillet bread. It's a beer bread made with cheddar cheese, Parmesan, and green chilies. And I also chopped up a lot of hot, very hot pickled jalapenos and put it in there. Oh. And then you bake it in the pan. And then what I did for lunch today was I took a big slice of that chili cheese beer bread. Right. And I cut it in half this, you know, the long way so that I had two very thin slices. And I threw some butter in that skillet that you got me, which is so good and seasoned now. And, and I grilled that beer bread in there. And then fried eggs on top of the grilled beer bread with the green salsa and and sour cream. Right. 
Well, that's those are fighting words. That's just crazy. And it was sounds amazing. It was pretty great. That was my food week. But then last night, you know what I did last night was I opened a can of of uh, Bush's baked beans and, sure. and 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 fried up some sliced hot dogs and had, and had a fine beans. and had a fine time. Had a great yeah, time. But it's That's just franks and beans. Yeah, which is no nothing to sneeze at. I mean, I made it. I made a. I made a tuna melt. I'm not going to talk about that on the show. It was a good tuna melt, but I'm not. What's what are you going to say? Tuna melts are great. Oh, this is my friend Ronnell, who you're going to meet the next time you come out here. Great, great fella. Hello, Ronnell. Hey, hey, how are you, Ronnell? Ronnell doesn't know this yet, so this is being revealed to Ronnell live on air. Okay. Um, I am. You know this. But the world doesn't know this yet. I am, uh, due to pandemic, I'm going to be heading back to New York in a few weeks to stay with our mom um, because I'm alone and she's alone. Tony's, everybody else in the family has a a spouse or somebody they're going through this with. But our our mom and I, we're losing our minds and... uh, and we don't know when this is going to be over. So I'm heading back to New York and I'm going to hang out with my mom until this is over. And uh, my my roommate and I are just throwing everything because he's not here because he's with, doing the same thing. Taking, he's taking care of his mom. Um, we're uh, we're uh, throwing everything into storage until the pandemic is over. And uh Ronell doesn't know it, but we're going to be giving him a call and saying, hey, can we hire you? And there's another friend who we're going to hire to help us pa- uh, move everything into the truck and into storage. I'm sure Ronell's really happy that he called in the show. I'm sure he's, he's like, very he's excited. Like, wow, I'm really glad that I got roped into this. Well, he's going to get the call whether he watches the show or not. Okay. Uh, the call is coming, Ronell. Ronell, you're a good friend to my brother, and, uh, you know, don't. No, don't, there's don't feel there's like you have to do anything that you feel. No, there's going to be uh, there's going to be money involved. All right. There's going right. to be money involved. Well, I can't help you move because I don't like. I'm I'm here. You're in so. New York. Um, and also the the thing about this is we realized that uh, we may be doing an episode of this show where I'm actually on the side of the highway in my in my car. Well, we I think we really have to try to do that. Yeah, uh, I probably you, won't be drinking beer at the time. Even if you make it back to the East Coast, I think you should just go out on the street and do one from the street just because it'll be fun. Um, did we pick a film that we're going to – did we pick it for next week? We did pick a film for next week. We are going to watch The Firm, which stars uh, Ed Harris – and Gene Hackman and some guy named Tom. A dude named Tom. Yeah. 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 And there's also a lot of other really spectacular. That's, that's a spectacular cast. And a hell of a pedigree from the production side as well. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to we're gonna do a deep dive into that. Um, we also want to say, please subscribe uh, and like this video. Uh, like this video, help us keep the lights on. Um, and if so- you like it, don't do anything you don't want to do. If yeah. You, 
If you don't like it, don't no, like I it. I don't care. No, like it and tell them that they have to like, like it. it not like cool. it. All right. Um, and uh, also Monday, uh, this coming Monday at 5 p.m. on my other show, Tips and Techniques for Actors, Authors, and Storytellers, I will be interviewing uh, screenwriter and producer David Rambo, who uh, worked on CSI Crime Scene Investigation Empire and the upcoming Netflix drama Tiny Pretty Things. So that will be this Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. So tune in for that. Right. Um, And uh, where where can people, so if anybody is listening, doesn't know where to find you, where can they find you on social? Where where else can they uh, look for your work or your your imprint oh uh i think my uh, i'm supposed to know uh, my twitter is uh you know i don't know these off the top of my head that's horrible isn't it well you i mean go, that, you can go to my website which is matthewarkinstudio.com and all of my stuff is there my facebook uh I, oh my facebook page matthew arkin studio mm-hmm. you can follow that um, I think my Instagram is Matthew Arkin author. And uh, I think my Twitter is just Arkin Matthew. Just to keep it exciting. Yeah. What about yours? Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook, which I don't really interact with very much. Uh, Facebook generally is more like a phone book for me. Right. I, I'm more uh, active on Instagram uh as clem torment or you can just look for anthony arkin i'm there you'll find me but you know what i'm going to do is i'm going to put all of that into the description for the videos okay okay great but uh uh and if you go to youtube well you're already at youtube if you're watching this subscribe to this channel and come join us next week when we talk about the firm exactly all right. All right. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we absolutely love having you here. And uh, we will see you next week. And, uh, buddy, I love you. You too, man. All right. Talk to you in a little bit. Peace out. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers Talk About Movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to ArkinBros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.